strange things are afoot at the Circle K. I'm very important. Uh, I have any leather-bound book, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. I, I'm friends with Merlin Olsen, too. He comes over on occasion. What's up, everybody? How's it going? My name is Johnny Doe, and this is Strange Things Are Afoot at the Circle K. Uh, I host this podcast. It's a little bit about everything and nothing at the same time. We're under the society and culture. I like to talk about culture. I like to uh, not so much pop culture, but just culture in general. And maybe lifestyle, some philosophy, some just overall perspectives from a real world view. I'm a regular guy. I call myself the everyday American because I really truly believe I'm the everyday American. I got bills. I got a mortgage. I got a regular job. Married, have a beautiful wife who's a school teacher. I have stinky bulldogs, uh, you know, all that stuff. Live in a Midwestern town. I feel like um, <clears throat> there's a lot of people that can possibly relate to some of the things I'm saying. And we're coming from a standpoint that not all podcasts are coming from. So just stay tuned and listen. And hopefully you get something out of it. And feel free to criticize, feel free to agree or disagree, but just let me know. I, I want to try to get conversations started, get people to think for themselves, think outside the box in, this, in the sense of, when I say think outside the box, it doesn't mean <clears throat> doing something super creative or something uh, extraordinary, but I like to take normal topics and people always think there's like two perspectives. There's the right and there's the left. You know, there's liberals, there's conservatives, there's Democrats, there's Republicans. And I think in 2017, people need to have a more nuanced approach of how they see the world because it's not black and white. It's not red versus blue. It's, you know, I, I do believe that the majority of people who really pay attention you can't be on a team anymore. You have to think for yourself and look at every issue for what it is. And uh, <clears throat> I definitely wouldn't say I'm on either team. Um, I don't think anyone should be on either team. Just imagine if every politician, when they went to caucus, when they went to um, campaign, they had no idea. There's there's no information that showed how many liberals, Democrats, conservatives, uh, moderates, far right wing, far left wing, libertarians. There's nothing. Everyone is just open ended. Then they would have to actually talk to every single American and try to and, and try to get their opinions instead of just polling and saying, hey, what do people think about this issue? Well, it says 63% believe this. And so they go, well, that's how, that's going to be my stance because that will get me elected. That's part of the problem in this country. That's part of the problem with uh, a democracy that kind of, kind of announces what they're going to do before that person, you know, says what their platform is. It's got to be. I understand there's certain values that people have and they go, well, I'm conservative. 
because my values are guns and America and the family and getting the government out of our lives. And that all sounds great, but there's all this other stuff that gets attached to it. And same with on the, on the Democratic side and then on the Libertarians and then the Tea Party and blah, 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 blah. And it, gets, it just gets so convoluted. And you have to understand that there's, there's not just one way to do things. There's, there's got to be an overarching um, sensibilities that you can think independently on each issue. For instance, you see a lot of hypocrisy. You see, you see um, liberals saying they're for free speech, but they're the ones that are all politically correct and wanting to, you know, stop people from saying certain things. And, and, uh, they're, they're just, they seem like that they're anti-free speech half the time. I mean, look at some of the riots in Berkeley and some of the protests that people have about, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. Um, but then conservatives on the other hand, you know, they're supposed to be, oh, I'm anti-government. Uh, we need to stop spending money, but you know, our biggest expense in this country is the military. I am a member of the military, and I can tell you right now, without using hyperbole, there is tons of fraud, waste, and abuse in the military. And if you're in the military, and you've been in for any significant amount of time, and you don't believe that, then you're lying to yourself, and you're just you're just serving an ideology, and you're just and you got your blinders on. As I take a drink of my tasty NOS, who is not a sponsor yet, but please, if you work for NOS, contact me. I, I, I want you to sponsor my podcast. Not really, but I do enjoy drinking it. I have one can a day, but I'll drink six if you want to advertise my podcast. Anyway, <clears throat> so if you're anti-government and you want government spending to go down, then you're going to have to fuck with the military. You're going to have to fuck with the Department of Defense because that is the biggest chunk of change uh, that comes out of your fucking paycheck goes to Department of Defense. And of course, I'm in the military. I want to get paid. I want benefits. I've been in the military for over a decade. So obviously, I'm not against that. But that, that's what's so weird is I'm in the military... And I can tell you right now, I have, a, I have a doctor's appointment to get what's called a PHA, a periodic health assessment tomorrow. And that is socialized medicine, okay? You, you guys talk about socialized medicine and, oh, that's socialism. Yeah, well, the army is socialism, okay? That's exactly what it is. You get shit subsidized. You get some housing allowance. You get clothing allowance. You get subsidies. And... Everybody does the same thing. Everything's equal across the board. It's like working in a fucking union. Everything that conservatives are supposed to be against, but they never, never will attack the military. Never attack the structure. Never attack any of that shit. And it's a little disingenuous in my opinion. But whatever. So when I decided to do this podcast, you know, I, I keep politics out of it in the sense of, red side versus blue side. I just give it opinions. I don't care if it if if it makes me seem liberal, makes me seem conservative, democrat, republican, whatever. You you know, if if 
if you live your life based on labels, I understand why we have labels. I understand. I used to say, uh, I used to have a, a friend that said, hey, you can't judge a book by its cover. And I said, well, then why the fuck do books have covers? So you can look at it and go, yeah, this looks like a good book, right? So I understand that, why people want that quick, those labels. But we're so quick to do that. So quick. My friends in the military, I mean, if I say one positive thing about Obama, I'm a fucking liberal. Like, there, it doesn't matter what I, what else I believe. It's if I say one fucking thing. And I think that's, I, I think you are, are, well, being a fucking idiot. If you just see one side, if you see any politician as being always good, depending, you know, or always bad, uh, you're wrong because there's things that are good. There's things that are bad. The reasons behind it might, might be, uh, you know, quote unquote politics, but there's some good things that happen in a democratic governorship or presidency. And there's bad things. And it really depends on who you are and what type of person you are, uh, what programs, you know, I mean, welfare and, and, uh, food stamps and tax breaks, of course they might help one side. Then the other side, you know, if you're in the military, well, you're, you're getting lots of, lots of subsidies and things as well. I understand you are serving, you're doing something for it. I understand better than most, if not all that are listening to this podcast, especially if you're not in the military. Um, but I'm just saying that you have to look at it and, and drill down and, and don't get so attached to your beliefs just because it's what you do. You, you know, you have to look at it objectively. Now, if it's your, your beliefs or not, that's why you hear, hear me say that on this podcast a lot. Have an idea. Don't have an, have a belief. Don't be so tied to it. So that way you can evolve it. You can change it if you need to, because I would like to think if the things that I truly don't agree with, if somebody showed me, I mean, really showed me some tangible facts that shows that I'm completely wrong, I'd like to think I'm open-minded enough that I can go, okay, yeah, um, I was wrong about that. It's hard to do, though, when it's something that you've dedicated your life to because now you are saying you're wrong on a completely different level. But it doesn't, it's, it's not a scary thing to be wrong about, uh, something that you're not married to. For instance, you go, that movie's going to fucking suck. And then you go see it and go, Oh, I was wrong. That, that movie's pretty good. That's not, that's not like unsettling to you to change your opinion about that. Cause that's all it was. It was just like, eh, this is my first initial reaction. And then you go see it and then you might have a different, a different reaction. It's, you know, I think you should do that with most things, if not all things, but we don't. And and I'm sure I'm included in that. There's certain things that I, I probably grasp on a little too tightly that, um, you know, maybe I'm, I'm, uh, I'm biased. We all have our biases, but you, you, you can't lie to yourself. You have to at least admit that, Hey, I know I'm a little, little sensitive about this topic or this subject, but I'm, I'm trying to see the other side. And as long as somebody's attempted to be, uh, to be open-minded, then there's a chance. There's a chance of dialogue and there's a chance of people not kumbaya coming together because that's part of being a human being is you're going to have conflict. But 
through conflict, you also should have a resolution. That's not, you can't just have endless conflict. You have conflict, you have resolution, then you have another problem, conflict, resolution, and, and, and so on the cycle goes. But you can't have the same conflict about the same thing forever. Sooner or later, you have to try to say, okay, I know where you stand. I know where I stand. There's got to be a compromise that comes. <clears throat> so, um, let's see what's going on in my life. Work, 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 work. I haven't done a podcast in a while because, like I said, I'm an everyday American and I work extremely hard at my job. Um, yeah, everybody does, right? Some do, some don't. I'm sure everybody has that person that they're thinking of right now that you would define as not working very hard. But it's all a matter of perspective, I guess. I'm sure someone would see what I do and go, oh, that's not hard work. I mean, people love to do that. You think your job's hard? It's not as hard as this. You know, it's like, oh, fuck, here we go. Like, I... I I was in the infantry for a number of years and you talk about how hard your, your deployment was. And, and, uh, then you remember, uh, you know, some Vietnam vet comes up to you and says their fucking story of getting malaria and not having body armor and, you know, what the conditions were like over there. And you're just like, God damn, I'm so fucking lucky, man. I had Xbox and I had, you know, a satellite phone, I, you know, could Skype, you know, with my wife or, man, I got it so easy. Hmm. Well, that's one way to look at it. But it's all relative. It's all relative to, to what you have. Because sometimes that can make it more difficult when you have contact with the outside world, that much contact and you're, when you're at war. So, um, you know, I don't really believe that it's as black and white as Vietnam guys, hard, me, Afghan veteran, easy. No, no. Um, climbing up those fucking mountains with a rucksack and a, and a fucking weapon and armor and bullets and water and all that other bullshit, it sucks. And it's hot as fuck. And we didn't fucking smoke marijuana every fucking day and, and whatever else they were doing in fucking Vietnam. So, it you know, it's... It's to me, it's not an apples to apples comparison. I will tell you that we had a lot better than the guys of World War II who didn't even have cold weather gear and some of them fucking froze to death and got frostbite and fucking amputees because it's so fucking cold because they didn't even have cold weather gear. So I will tell you that the army equipment is a lot better than it used to be. So I will give it up to that. If you're a Vietnam vet, I get it. You had it rough, but. Every Vietnam vet that comes up to me always acts like that he was, you know, right out of the fucking movie Platoon. And I got to think, there's got to be somebody that's, that was just a fucking pogue that didn't do shit. Because on my deployments, I saw plenty of people that never did a goddamn thing. Yes, they were in Afghanistan. So you'd be sitting next to somebody. It's like, to a civilian, it's like, yeah, you went to Afghanistan and you went to Afghanistan. So they're just thinking, oh, wow, they both put their lives on the line and from a certain standpoint absolutely but I also know plenty of people that were sitting in the talk sitting on the fucking fob we call them fobbits people that never did a goddamn thing or they're in a huge base like Bagram and they had you know 
every fucking convenience. They had like six different chow halls and they had like barbecue and fucking Italian food and, you know, nice air conditioned buildings and, and, uh, you know, fucking internet and cable TV. I mean, you name it, they fucking had every convenience. So yes, it was more like just doing work, whatever your job was in the army, just in another country. But they, I will, you know, putting their life in jeopardy. It's a little bit of an exaggeration. So everybody has, you know, just like me, I'm an infantry guy. And I can't say that my life was in danger as much as a Navy SEAL or, you know, special operator or, or a MARSOC guy or something like that. So it's, it's all relative, right? But every Vietnam guy that comes up to me, every single one tells me the horrors of Vietnam. And I got to believe, <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong, please, somebody that's in the military out there, <laughs> somebody back me up on this. I know I'm going to come off like I'm an asshole, but okay, let me, let me, let me back up a little bit. <clears throat> Everybody knows that's in the military, especially if you're infantry or you're uh, combat arms or something like that. There's all this pride that you have, or maybe not even if you're uh, not combat arms, whatever. But you'll see those guys, they get fucking, you know, th- their car just has stickers of fucking like Iraq war veteran and air assault wings and ranger tab and sniper and all this other fucking shit, right? And it's rarely the guy that actually has all that shit that puts it all on his fucking car, right? I had a guy that I served with, I went to Afghanistan with when I met him for the first time because uh, he was he was attached to um, I was in a security force and he was part of the headquarters section. So I never met him before. And, uh, I can't even remember what his MOS was, but anyway, on the back of his truck, he had a big old fucking Ranger tab. Right. And this guy, he was old, he was pudgy, but you never know. I mean, I've seen some guys that had a fucking Ranger tab and Ranger scroll. And, and I was like, really that guy, but you know, you can't always tell some, you know, you can't always judge a book by its cover. Right little call back there, you know, some people will surprise you. So I just gave Ben for the doubt and I, but I walked up to him uh, one day when we were going to some training and he had his personal vehicle there. And I said, Hey, Sergeant, uh, did you go to Ranger school? And he's like, Oh no, no, no. I'm just a fan. <laughs> and I go, uh, like the New York Rangers, uh, the Texas Ranger, like, who are you a fan of the army Rangers? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm just a fan. And I was like, mm, I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> I'm a fan of the Purple Heart, so I'll fucking wear it. I'm a fan of the fucking CIB, so I'll wear it. No, that's not how it works. If you fucking put... Uh, now, I understand it's not an actual Ranger tab. It's just a sticker on the back of his truck. But if you put that sticker on the back of your truck, you're implying that you are a, an Army Ranger. Hmm. Okay. I'm sure some of you, if you're in the military, you've heard the term PX Ranger, right? And uh, yeah, there's a lot of those. But this guy, later on, after we did our, we were mobbing to go to Afghanistan and we're getting ready to leave the country and they gave us a pass and we're mobbing in a base out in uh, Indianapolis and so they let us go to Indianapolis for the night. And I went to a club, bar, whatever. 
with a bunch of the, my infantry guys, and and he was there, and he was sitting there, and he had a fucking air assault shirt. And if you go to air assault school, um, I didn't get one when I went to air assault school, but but uh, I know a number of uh, friends that went that they got a T-shirt that showed like I don't know if I, I think it had all their maybe the the graduates on the back. Um, I got one in basic training of you know whatever it's like your platoon shirt. Anyway, this says air assault real big on the on the front or the back, um, but it has like a graduation date and all that shit. So it's so my point is when you see that shirt, it implies that you went to air assault school. It's not just a generic air assault with the air assault logo. It's a, an actual platoon training regiment whatever shirt, right? Um. Oh man, the nos. I think I burp in every podcast now. Anyway, I need a burp button. So he had this shirt on. And so I said, uh, I'm trying to remember this fucking dude's name. Sergeant. uh, We called him Dirty Hands because he was, I don't know if he's a mechanic or what, but his hands were always fucking filthy. So he's called him Dirty Hands. (laughs) So um, if you're in the military, you know, everybody fucking gets a nickname and it's usually not one that you want. But what was his name? Fuck. Anyway. Dirty Hands had this fucking air assault shirt, and I said, hey, uh, when did you go to air assault? At the time, I've never been to air assault. I didn't go to air assault until after my deployment. And he, and he said, he said, oh, I, I didn't go. This was my son-in-law's. He got it for me. And I go, your son-in-law? He got you a an actual platoon graduation shirt. Yeah. I was like, man, you can't fucking wear that. And he goes, excuse me? I mean, I was a specialist at the time, I think, or PFC, and he was a staff sergeant. And I go, you know, Sergeant, you cannot fucking wear that. You, It implies that you went to fucking air assault school. That's, that's fucked up. You can't wear a platoon shirt. You know, it's like me wearing a fucking, you know, Navy trident and then correcting people. No, no, no. Why would you think I was a Navy SEAL? Oh, no, because you're wearing a fucking trident, you know? I mean, there's just certain things in the military that you just don't do. And recently there's there's been a lot of talk about stolen valor. You, there's lots of YouTube videos. They're fucking hilarious. I love them. I love stolen valor. I love it. And I don't know that I would have the balls to call somebody out because I, 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 in the back of my mind, I would always think that there was like some addendum to the reg or some smom or something that comes out that says, yeah, you, you can wear your fucking medals and ribbons at the same time or something, you know, like, there's somebody that would know something that I don't. So, um, some of them though, what's funny about the stolen valor videos, if you watch them, just type, go to YouTube, type in stolen valor is they're not even fucking close. You know, like my wife and I will, will watch a movie and I always point out like the uniform deficiencies, uh, in the people that are, that are, uh, in the movie. And I read somewhere that they have to do that. They can't be hundred percent authentic. So they, they always do something that's wrong. The ribbons, usually the ribbons are just in the wrong precedent. They're in the wrong order or whatever, or like people wearing the wrong unit patches or, but anyway, the stolen valor guys, they're hilarious because, you know, in the age of the internet, I would think stolen valor would be a very fucking easy thing. I mean, there's videos on how to fucking blouse your boots. There's videos on how to fucking, you know, like 
what you can wear and what you can't wear. I mean, there's just, there's just tons. And of course, all the regs are out there too. I just don't understand how these guys don't do their research before they try to impersonate a soldier. Like at least like the first thing, you better have a fucking in reg haircut. The second thing to all you stolen valor people, you don't wear your headgear inside. Um, if you're wearing the, if you're rocking the beret, <laughs> you know, maybe me being an infantry guy, I'm a, you know, I take this a little bit more personal, but like infantry guys, our berets are fucking squared away. They just are. Everybody else, you know, every once in a while they'll, they'll look like they're a goddamn French pastry chef or something. But the stolen valor guys, they're, they're all fucked up. Like the crest is over the wrong eye and it's just all fucked up, right? It's not shaved down. But then, then they get into their medals and sorry about the email fucking notification that popped up. Um, then they get into their medals and their ribbons and shit and they just have shit everywhere. And this is my advice to all the stolen valor people. And I'm hoping somebody, um, is thinking about doing that and is listening to this because you got to up your game, stolen valor people. You have to up your game. You need to do some research and really put forth the effort. And and if I later find out you're not a soldier, hey man, you know at least you did your research. At least you gave the uh, the proper respect to those soldiers and said, you know what, I'm gonna actually research the regulations because you're already doing more than most privates. Most privates, how they research the regulation is they just ask each other or ask their fucking uh, team leader, hey, can I fucking do this? I mean, I, I can't tell you how many pri- brand new privates I see with like a fucking hard part in their hair or some fucked up haircut, right? But, <clears throat> okay, here's my point. Stolen valor or, you know, people that... that um Okay, let me let me finish my point about stolen valor. Do your research, people. It's not that fucking hard. That's all I'm saying. Wear the fucking uniform if you want to fucking wear. If you want to pretend to be a soldier, fucking hey man, go for it. Um, just you better not get fucking caught, man. Because I'll tell you right now, like right now, I just fucking laugh at you, or I would just kind of shake my head. Um, but if you caught me, catch me outside. If you catch me outside, a month home from a fucking deployment like a like a go to war fucking deployment getting shot at and blown up deployment i would probably beat your ass i'd probably beat the living fuck out of you for doing that shit now i'd be like eh, fuck him you know but uh how i started this when i was talking about the vietnam vets and stuff um you know i get i get off topic back me up if i'm wrong veterans out there but the people that always have the Ranger tabs on the back of their truck, the guys that always have like the, uh, I, I serve with a guy that had a the, the the entire infantryman's creed on his back window of his fucking truck. Like he couldn't even see out of it. Uh, you know, CIBs and fucking, uh, you know, whatever. Airborne wings, army this, proud army, whatever. They're usually not the, the highest speed soldiers. Like, when I was in the infantry, I would have guys that would wear all these shirts that were like infantry shirts, right? And those are always the guys that had the worst PT scores, the guys that were like on profile, the guys that were barely fucking, 
barely hanging on, right? And they, but they love to wear the t-shirts. And then the high speed guys, they didn't fucking wear that shit on their on their sleeve. Like I, I came back from Afghanistan with a guy that had severe PTSD by his own admission. Like was went to the VA, fucking lost his weapon, couldn't carry a weapon at fucking drill, medicated, was getting chaptered out because he was having such bad nightmares, couldn't sleep, all this other shit. But he got this giant CIB tattoo on his fucking arm. And the first thing I said to him, well, I shouldn't say the first, but one of the things that I later said to to uh, Milf Mignon was his nickname, uh, which is a, another story for another time, how I, I gave him that nickname, like I gave most people theirs. But how Milf Mignon got his, um, or why he got his fucking CIB tattooed on his arm, and it was enormous, covered up his whole fucking shoulder. And I was like, okay, the day he got his CIB was what he always recounted as his, how he got his PTSD when he got RPG'd and all this other shit. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, if it was that traumatic of a, an event, why would you have it tattooed on your fucking arm so you could never forget it? Like every time you look down at your arm, you're in the shower, you're like, oh shit, that was the day that I got all fucked up. I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand that shit. I, I completely understand if you're fucked up. I understand if you if you have problems with PTS. I hate calling it PTSD because it's not a disorder. It's called that's what happens when you go to war. But when you have post-traumatic stress, why would you want something that triggers that? Why would you want a reminder of that shit? I don't I don't get it. You know? I mean, I get it if your buddy you know, didn't make it and you got his arm, uh, you got his, a memorial tattoo or you got, you wear a bracelet, you, you wear something that signifies, I get that. Okay. I get it. That's, that's something a little bit different. I'm talking about just something, an event where you weren't remembering someone. Okay. Let me spell it out to you this way. Why he fucking got it is so he can, when he feels like it, he can show off that he has his CIB and he's a fucking war veteran, but, but he still wants to play the victim role too. He wants to go to a bar and be like, check out my CIB tattoo. Hopefully he gets a fucking free drink. And he wants to sit there and fucking whine and and uh, act like that, like the rest of us that got our fucking CIBs didn't go through the same fucking shit, right? By the way, this guy only spent about four months in country because he got sent home because he fucked up his shoulder. Uh, unrelated, not the RPG didn't do it. <clears throat> anyway. And, you know, some people don't understand how someone like me can be hard on somebody. I got really close friends that came back and they had trouble adjusting. I myself had troubles adjusting to certain aspects, um, which is normal. But there are people out there and it has to be fucking said, has to be said. They fucking milk that shit. Or they should have never been in the infantry to begin with. Um, or they should never have been in that fucking position. They should never have have have, uh, have been doing that kind of job. Um, everybody has their, their threshold and their limits of what they can what they can handle and what they can't. Um, he reached his right off the bat. Like first first time he got fucking shot at was his limit. And you know, it is what it is. It doesn't mean that he didn't serve his country. It doesn't mean that he didn't answer the call. I'm not saying any of that. 
but you got to pick and choose a lane. You're either the victim or you're proud of, I'm going to get something tattooed so I can look fucking cool. You, you can't have it both ways. You really can't. Okay. Um, if, if you have troubles adjusting when you come back, then, then you need to either fix it or live with it. I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I just don't understand that mentality of, because these are the dudes that are, like I said, they're the ones that are telling all the fucking war stories to everybody. They're the ones that have the Ranger tabs on the back of their truck or they have the CIBs on the back of their truck or all the fucking stickers or, or the fucking, you know, wearing all the grunt style fucking shirts and all that shit. Right. And, and no means is this supposed to be offense. I have grunt style shirts. I have military fucking tattoos. I don't have a CIB tattooed, uh, but I do have uh, military related uh, tattoos. So I I get it, but like I said, I'm not on on the feel sorry for me waking up in a cold sweat. You know, um, everybody needs to fucking feel sorry for me, sort of thing. You know. So <clears throat> back to the Vietnam guys that I was talking about is if you're a veteran, you know those people. You know who I'm talking about. The ones that are just drama queens and they joined the military for the wrong reasons. You know, no one was drafted to go to Afghanistan. No one was drafted to go to Iraq. And so I have less sympathy for those people that found themselves over there and um, then played the, the victim role in the sense of, Oh, boo-hoo, I didn't want to come over here. I just want a free college money sort of sort of shit, right? Um, but they don't ever stick to that story. They also want all their veteran benefits. They're showing their ID card to get fucking free appetizers at Applebee's. They're fucking uh, posting pictures up on Facebook with them fucking holding their goddamn M4 with a blank firing adapter at the end of it, right? They're, they're, they're trying to get all the benefits of... Look, look at how like strong and how tough I am as a soldier, but they also want the fucking pity. And there is a real problem with people in the military on social media that are kind of overblowing, not their service, but overblowing what it means to be a soldier. And, you know, it's a, it's a very proud profession. There's nothing in my life I'm more proud of than serving in the military, but you know, there's a lot of fucking jobs that people sacrifice in. There's a lot of things in this world that people give up their time and their their energy and, and things like that. You know, but God damn, it just seems like the same type of people like on Veterans Day or birthday of the Army or the Marines or whatever. You should see an influx of people posting veterans on posting shit on social media. But those guys that post shit every fucking day and it's always like these memes and motivational like, you know, fucking, you know what a sniper uh, sniper feels when he shoots somebody or what does a sniper feel when he when he uh, uh, has to shoot, uh, you know, enemy combatives? The only thing he feels is recoil or whatever, that kind of bullshit. And they're constantly posting it. It gets on my fucking nerves. Because it's like, I just want to say, yeah, I get it. You're a fucking soldier. I get it. Move on. Okay? Just don't define yourself as just that. 
stop milking it. Stop trying to get, I mean, because look what's happened in our society right now is every fucking politician, no matter if you're blue team or red team, they see soldiers as one thing and one thing only is a fucking political pawn. And if you don't believe that, then you're fucking stupid. You are. Because Barack Obama never served in the fucking military. Donald Trump had, what, five deferments from Vietnam? These motherfuckers don't respect soldiers. That was, that would, that was their nightmare, is to fucking have to serve their country in that way. Well, I still serve my country by being president. Do you? Do you? Because no soldier that I know gets out and is a fucking millionaire. No soldier that I know gets, um, you know, a, a, a ride on Air Force One wherever the fuck he goes. So it's a different type of service. It's called selfless service. You're not doing it for you. It's not your ego. You're, you're, you're just a person in green. That's what it used to be. Is you had your fucking uniform with your name tape. Your, and, the, and the important name tape is the one that said U.S. Army or the one that said Marines or Navy or whatever. Coast Guard, Air Force. That was what was important, not the other side. Okay? The name tape that was on the fucking right was better than the name tape that was on the left. Right? Or vice versa. I always get my name tapes mixed up. The U.S. Army or the Marines... That was the name tape that was important. That was the name that was who you were. And it wasn't about personal glory. It's not about awards. It's not about medals. You know? No one wins the Medal of Honor. They're awarded the Medal of Honor. That's no one the Medal of Honor, trust me, what you have to do for that, you're not winning. That's not a victory. No one wins that. So it's, it's, it's something completely different when you are serving. It is selfless. But there's a lot of people that do that. There, there are, not just military, that do selfless acts, selfless things that they don't get credit for. But in the, in the, in the height of the war, especially after 9-11, like 2003, 2004, in the height of Iraq and Afghanistan being in the news and and probably the height of the pro-military movement. Boy, did it pay off to be a soldier. I remember, I mean, you could pull up to any gas station and you were getting your gas paid for and everyone wanted to pay for your meal and everybody was kissing your ass and opening your door and fucking blah, 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 blah. Well, I can tell you right now, and I live in a, a military community, People still do that, but they almost do it because they feel like they have to. You can tell that their heart's not in it in the same way. Now, there are people out there that thank you for your service, and they're they're very much, um, they mean it. But there are certain people, that they're almost like, God damn, do I stop to thank this guy for his fucking service? Right? And I always say, if you don't want to, fucking don't. I'm not, I mean, I don't wear my uniform around wanting to be thanked for my service. It's sometimes it's the opposite. I hate to say it, but sometimes I just don't want to be bothered. I just want to go into the grocery store, get my shit and leave. I don't want to sit there and talk to 
every fucking vet and every fucking person about shit. I just don't. And sorry if that's offensive to somebody, but it's just the fucking truth, right? Uh, doesn't mean I don't, I'm not, I don't have gratitude to the people that want to thank me because I do, I, I, you know, but it's never the people that you think that should be thanking you. I keep thinking, well, shit, every 18 and 19 year old should be thanking me because if it wasn't for volunteers, they would be drafted, especially in the heart of the war. But those motherfuckers never thank you. It's always like the 50, 60 year olds that fucking thank you. But anyway, you know, the, the people that, um, the people that are truly proud of their service and truly know what they did, speaking at least from my perspective, and, and someone correct me if I'm wrong, I don't need validation. I especially don't need it from people that have never served. I don't, I don't need to post all that shit on Facebook. I understand why people do it. I understand why they want. It feels good to have the admiration of people going, man, that is so cool what you did. But when it's forced and when it's to the point where every politician fucking fights over who supports the troops more and why well, support the troops because I don't want to send them war and I support the troops because I do, I, you know, and I'm going to up their pay and up their benefits and, 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 and they parade every fucking widow out, you know, they parade every fucking uh, war veteran, every Medal of Honor winner, and it's just political posturing. And the history of the United States is the history of war. So our military is extremely important to this fucking country. Can't get around it. But it has gotten to the point where every fucking politician has to acknowledge the troops has to, I want to thank the troops and salute to the troops and fucking all this, all this fucking shit. And I say it's shit because you don't see in the policies that are made, they don't truly want to thank us for our service because of the state of the VA and the state of our education benefits and the state of veteran benefits are very hard to, to use. A lot of times we lose them bonuses. You saw all the fucking shit in the, in the news about the California national guard and their fucking bonuses. And, and there's always been fiascos when it comes to that. And they never tell you about how the military treats its soldiers too. Not very good. They don't want everybody to do 20 years. Therefore, you know, depending on what's going on in this world, the military might be trying to fucking separate you and eh, we're going to go ahead and get rid of you because you got passed up for promotion too many times, you know? Um, I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing in all cases. I'm just saying that it's not as black and white as, you know, the military is all good. And this whole, we got to feel sorry for the fucking soldiers and the troops. And and I, I just don't like that shit. I don't think just because you serve this country for three years or six years that somehow that you should have it fucking made for the rest of your fucking life. But depending on what you've done, you should at least get credit for that, for that service. But nothing more, nothing less. But 
if you're a politician and believes that we need to fucking uh, send the same guys to war three, four, five times, then you should probably get compensated a little bit more than what you do. But nobody, nobody will talk about that. We can spend a billion dollars on the fucking F-35. But we don't want to make sure that those veterans that fucking went in the stop loss days back to back to back deployments. To me, that guy should be set for the rest of his fucking life and his family should be set for the rest of their fucking life. No matter if it's money, no matter if it's benefits, however you want to fucking cut it, he should have, he should be more set than some fucking senator that serves six years and gets health care for the rest of his fucking life or gets some kind of pension or whatever the fuck they get. That's how you know this country's fucked up because everybody sits there, everybody, there's a consensus that we need to support the troops and rah-rah troops, but you won't, will never see somebody wanting us to get more money to want to get more benefits. You know, fuck the VA home loan. Why don't you give me a fucking house? If the war was so fucking important to our safety to send me over there three times in a row, then I should be fucking set. I shouldn't get a VA home loan. I should get a VA home. Hey, you you spent 36 months overseas. Congratulations. We're going to buy you a house. And you know, we have something called the post 9-11 GI Bill and, and that and that is a great fucking GI Bill where you can go to school for free. But you you know, if you served in the middle in wartime for three fucking years to get that, you probably deployed a couple times. Oh yeah, you fucking earned that thing. But where are the people saying, let's do that? Because I hear the Red Side's fucking president, my president, but he's, you know, come on. That's not who I would have picked for president out of 350 million people. I'm pretty sure I can find somebody that's better suited for that role. But, you know, he is my president, my commander in chief. But why don't you talk about that? Don't just give me a 2% raise. Give me some benefits that says, hey, if you serve 10 years, you get partial retirement instead of just 20 years. Hey, we're going to make sure that you're fucking taken care of. We're going to give you giant fucking bonuses. We're going to pay you what we pay some of these fucking senators. Maybe not right out of the gate, but a deployment pay, we're going to go ahead and double it. Because all these contractors are making fucking six figures. And guess what? They're getting paid by the government. They're government contractors. The government, i.e. the taxpayers, are paying those six-figure salaries. So why, if you can afford to pay Dynacorp or fucking Triple Canopy six figures, why can't you fucking pay, uh, you know, a Navy SEAL fucking 150K to go over there for, you know, for six months? Why can't you pay a regular infantry guy fucking, you know, private? I'm not talking about a fucking colonel, a private 80 grand to fucking go over there. Right now, even though it's tax free, that fucking private's making like 30 grand, 30 grand to go fucking risk his life and fight in a war. I say, why don't you fucking put your money where your mouth is, politicians who want to use me as a political pawn and say, Hey, here's the base pay for you being in the military. You're not going to make that much. You're serving your country. But if we decide to send you to war, we're going to pay you double that. 
And if we send you a second time, we're going to pay you triple that. If we pay you, and if we send you a third time, <laughs> it's going to be an astronomical amount. You're going to be set for the rest of your life. You want to fucking know why? Because the more times that you go overseas, the more times that you actually fucking, you know, saddle up, especially if you're a combat arms guy, and even if you're not, every fucking time you're rolling the dice, your percentage goes up that you're going to get fucked up or you're not coming back. Every fucking time. There's only, only so many times you can poke the bear before the bear pokes back. And every single person that wears the uniform knows what I'm talking about. Every single one. Because you can do it once and you'll be like, okay, that, that wasn't so bad. And the second one, it's like, oh, fuck. Man, that one was a lot worse than the, than the first one. And then the third one just fucks you up and fucks up your family permanently. The first one usually fucks up your family. The divorce rate in the military is astronomical, especially among four deployed soldiers. It's astronomical. So maybe that should be a new military benefit. Pay for my fucking divorce. Hey, we will give you $100,000 to fucking settle your divorce and to buy you new shit. So whatever your child support, alimony, whatever, okay, give that to husband or wife, and then the rest of it you use it to rebuild your fucking life. It's like a per diem that you get for getting fucking divorced because that's what it does to you. That's what it can do. And the, the, the untalked about things in the fucking military is this. When I was talking about those Vietnam guys coming up to me, is that there are varying degrees. There are people that deployed three times. They never did a goddamn thing. And there's people that deployed one time and they fucking, it was hell on earth for six months, eight months, 12 months. There's different levels to this shit. And people don't want to, want to acknowledge that shit. They just blanket it and go, oh my God, he's an Iraq war veteran. Hey, were you a fucking finance guy? Oh, well, thank you for making sure my pay didn't get fucked up. But you shouldn't get the free appetizer at Applebee's. How about that dude over there that has, has a prosthetic fucking arm? Maybe he should get that shit. And I'm not talking about, and when I say appetizer at Applebee's, that's such a slap in my fucking face for what we do for this fucking country to say, here's a fucking free appetizer on Veterans Day. Oh, fuck you. You know, shove that shit up your fucking ass. Because the only people I know that go to Applebee's to get their free fucking appetizer on Veterans Day are the fucking pogues that didn't do a goddamn thing because they actually think it's a good deal. Because the only thing they got to, had to do is go on fucking a little plane ride and then just sit in a fucking, in a Connex that was made into a fucking hotel room for them for nine months or 12 months or whatever else they fucking did. Like I said, they are serving their country. I'm not taking away from that because I need someone to make sure I get paid. I need someone to cook my meals. I need somebody to fucking guard the gate. I need somebody to repair my vehicles to fucking order ammunition. I, I need all that shit. I get it. But like I said, there's levels to this shit. When you see someone that has truly been through the shit, they should be fucking taken care of. And every fucking time they come back and they're fucked up 
every time they come back and they're divorced, every time they come back and they are destitute because they fucking put all their eggs in one basket and they can't get another job because they spent 10 years doing the same fucking shit. And then they get out. They don't get any retirement. They don't have hardly any benefits. They're, the VA is fucking them over. Every time that happens, some fucking senator needs to take a pay cut to $30,000 a year and the rest of that money needs to go in that motherfucker's pocket. And if we can't afford that as a fucking country, then our priorities are fucked up. Maybe we don't need wars as much as we think we do. How much do we support the troops then? You know, I read a meme that said, make getting... And all entitlements as hard as VA benefits. And there's something to be said about that. There's nothing wrong with somebody that is hurting in their life to get some unemployment or maybe even food stamps. But it shouldn't be fucking easier than me trying to use my GI Bill or me using fucking FTA or me getting my VA home loan or me using the VA for health care. Those are the things that we need to talk about as a country that will never get talked about because there's so many people that I serve with that are fucking idiots that think that a politician has their fucking back because they give a speech on a fucking aircraft carrier. That guy didn't have your fucking back. The guy that decided not to fucking serve his country does not have your back. Because he doesn't see value in that. He's never seen value in it. And he's a billionaire because other young men and women were over there paying the fucking price. This country is built on conflict. Our economics are built on us being a superpower, i.e. our military. If we didn't have the military muscle, if we didn't every once in a while fucking start up a skirmish somewhere, no matter if we started it or not, or we got to show our fucking muscle every once in a while. And that, trust me, that helps a lot of people economically. There's a lot of people that are extremely wealthy because of those wars, a lot of fucking people. And you know who it isn't is those motherfuckers wheeling themselves around in a wheelchair. The people that are in the VA for PTSD, the people are fucked up from the deployment or not even fucked up. That just It just ruined their fucking lives because their families didn't understand that they changed when they came back. It wasn't post-traumatic stress disorder. It's post-traumatic stress. It's, it's not a disorder because it's normal. It's what happens to you when, when if somebody fucking slaps you every fucking day in your life, when someone raises their hand, you're going to have a reaction to fucking to cower down, to flinch. That's not a disorder. That is... Evolution trying to get you to survive. That's Darwin, bitch. So if I hear a a fucking something loud going off at 4th of July, that's, you know, one of those big uh, cluster bombs fucking blowing up over my head and I flinch or it makes me uncomfortable or my heart starts racing, that's not a disorder. That's not, that's normal. That's a normal fucking reaction. And the disorder is all the rest of you motherfuckers that did not serve overseas that look at that veteran like he's fucked up. That's the disorder. 
is that you guys need to change for that veteran in your life that is coming back, knowing that that person is forever changed. And yeah, that pogue that's sitting in the talk, maybe he's just changed one one hundredth of a percent. Almost, you probably can't even notice it. And then there's people that have done dozens upon dozens upon dozens, if not hundreds of missions outside the wire and been in firefights and 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 seen their buddies get blown up and maybe got blown up themselves. They're a changed person forever. And if you don't accept them to be that, then you're the one with a fucking disorder. It's no different than when you don't have kids, you're a certain way. And then when you do, you change. You're one way when you get married and another way uh, when you're not married. You're one way as a kid, another way as an adult. My point is that you evolve to your surroundings. You adapt to your surroundings. It's a process. You grow, if you will. It's not a disorder. It's hard for me to let people walk behind behind me without me turning around. I look at people different. Watch a veteran when he just comes back from deployment walk into a room. Watch him look for the exits and look for the, you know, for the fatal funnels and, and looking for uh, enemy combatives and IEDs and everything else, you know, areas of approach and ambushes and blah, 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 blah. That's what you do is your reaction is just you're, you're on high alert, right? There's nothing wrong with that, but we're told that's a disorder. And so, we got to act all fucked up. And then some people just can't handle it. So, you know, they, they, you know, whatever. And then there's people that are told they're fucked up. And so then they milk the system. Like my buddy I was telling you about that got the CIB tattoo on his arm. I'm not saying he doesn't have post-traumatic stress. What I'm saying is he's confused because he can't decide if, if he wants to post shit on Facebook, um, you know, talking about him being a badass soldier or he's, you know, going to cry talking about suicide and shit. I get frustrated at the point that every time I turn on the news, people are standing and applauding soldiers and the sacrifices they make and the sacrifices our families make and you don't see everybody else fucking saying we need to pass laws to make sure that if somebody gets into the military and serves honorably in combat and and risks everything they're going to be taken care of not not taken care of of getting disability every fucking month but i mean taken care of i mean you got nothing to fucking worry about that's highly unlikely it'll ever happen it'll never fucking happen it never will And that's part of the beauty of knowing that you are serving for the greater good. I get that. I just want people to actually give a shit and not just pretend because I'm going to put a ribbon on my car or on my lapel and pretend like, well, I support the troops. How do you support the troops? What do you do to support the troops? What does that mean anymore? I support the troops. Because I'll tell you right now, that's not the truth. That's not. 
One side really doesn't like the military. Doesn't really like the barbarism that is the soldiers, especially the combat soldiers. And the other side just sees them as a way, a ends to a mean. Something that they support so heavily, but they would never encourage their son or daughter to join. I mean, uh, our ex-vice president that just got out of office, you know, his son was a captain and a component of the army before he died. That's got a weigh on you as a politician, knowing that your policy is going to affect them directly. But if you're going to vote to go to war, this is what I say that you're, you should do as a politician. You don't get to vote until you make your kid enlist. Then we'll see how badly you think that war needs to happen. Then you got some skin in the game. Because when I went to Afghanistan, my my battalion or my uh yeah, my battalion was going to Africa a year later. That was my battalion deployment. I didn't want to go to Africa because there was no war in Africa. I didn't want to go on a safari. I didn't want to do some peacekeeping mission. But they needed 30 soldiers to go as a security force to Afghanistan for a year. And I volunteered for that one. I volunteered to get shot at, to get potentially blown up, potentially fucking killed. Why? Because that's what what I trained to do. That's what my job was. I wanted to do what I was trained to do. I, I have no regrets, none whatsoever. If anything, I feel guilt for not going back. I don't think I deserve anything extra. I think I have really good benefits now. But I don't think that... I, I, I think it benefited me in every single way. But I have friends that weren't so lucky and their families are paying the price. And yes, we have SGLV insurance, we have life insurance, all that stuff, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that every single man and woman that wears this uniform gets so much less than some fucking politician in Washington, D.C., And I'm not convinced that having a billionaire in the White House is going to change anything. Because he didn't serve, his sons didn't serve, his grandkids aren't going to serve. None of them give two fucks about that. Because we still have class warfare in this country when it comes to the economics of the military. It's the same type of people that enlist. Yeah, officers... They'll, they'll come in and thinking that they're going to have some fucking high dollar job after with their military service. Um, there's some good ones out there, but I'm talking about the person that just fucking decides to be an enlisted soldier. One of the things, one of the biggest lies is that people give a shit about it on a resume because nobody does. 
Nobody gives two fucks, especially if you're combat arms. I know. I've seen it. I've led soldiers into combat. So if I can handle that stress, I can handle any stress that you can throw at me at this job. I can adapt and overcome because I had to be like water and adapt to my environment and fill the container that I was in when I was overseas. Nothing in this corporate gig can be as scary as what I did over there. So in closing, I'm more prepared than the next guy to have this job. But that guy has a couple more college credits in that particular job, and he'll get hired every fucking time because nobody respects what you did over there. You have a scarlet letter if you have a DD-214 with a fucking tour that says OEF or OIF. Because they see you as a broken person if they think you actually went to war. Now, if you're a logistics officer that sat on the fucking fob and said, well, I had over $30 million of fucking inventory that I was signed for and I had to blah, 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 and I had to do, do, do. And then someone's like, oh shit, that's what we do here at fucking UPS. So I think you're qualified. But some fucking guy that was pulling his buddy out of a fucking sinkhole that was caused by a fucking IED and, you know, battled enemies while he was doing it and treated him and was under the intense pressure of aiding that buddy, engaging the enemy, calling a nine-line medevac, doing everything that he was trained to do under extreme duress, heartbeat probably 160, 170 beats per minute at 120 degrees temperature at least with full fucking body armor, about 80 pounds of fucking body armor and, and uh, ammunition. And you're telling me that he's not good enough for your fucking corporation? You're telling me that he can't learn whatever that you fucking have? Why isn't there fucking apprenticeships for anybody that has a DD-214 that shows that they served honorably for their fucking country? That they served honorably with distinction in their fucking country that they should be able to set foot in any fucking job and you should be able to fucking pay them a full salary and train them in whatever you're going to do because you know what? They're going to find a way to be successful at it. But instead, you hear shit on the fucking news where they're talking about, um, you know, I rather, you know, uh, I think they're they're talking about Starbucks or some shit. I'd rather give that job to a veteran. Fuck you. Keep your fucking piece of shit Starbucks job. You think that that's a fucking compliment telling me to fucking to have training that cost the American people hundreds of thousands of dollars to fucking train me and be a subject matter expert in all this fucking shit and spend years upon years to 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 be uh, who I am in the military to to do that at the highest level with literal life and death consequences and you think my fucking consolation prize is you come I come back and you hand me a fucking job at Starbucks go fuck yourself and I will take that latte and spill it in your fucking lap I'll throw it in your fucking face because if that's what you think that somebody deserves that has shown that they can achieve things at the highest level I'm not talking about those guys that got booted out 
for smoking dope or getting a DUI. I'm not talking about the guys that fucking, you know, uh, got kicked out for whatever reasons or fucking committed crimes while they're uh, in uniform. I'm not talking about those motherfuckers. And guess what? There's not as many people as you think that have that DD-214 that has an RE1 with an honorable fucking discharge and and that achieved a lot of stuff in the fucking military. There's not that many. Less than 1% serve in the military right now. We don't have that many fucking veterans out there that served honorably. So you're telling me that we can't fucking have a system to reward those people? And I'm not talking about a fucking handout because if anybody fucking emails me or anybody fucking messaged me and says that's a fucking handout, well, I'm not going to do anything. But you're, you would be fucking wrong. You would be wrong. Right now, I have a neighbor that is overweight, smokes every fucking day, probably a pack a day. I see him out on his fucking porch. Severely overweight, drinking beer all the fucking time, and is on disability because he got in a car wreck and he had you know heart failure or something, had to have heart surgery. And it was saying it was because the, the car wreck was so severe. How do I know it's not because you smoke and drink and eat yourself to death every fucking day? But your disability, you're going to fucking get. And he says he can't work, but he can be out there barbecuing all day. I see him fucking building shit for his fucking house. I see him doing all kinds of fucking shit. You're telling me that motherfucker can't sit behind a keyboard and fucking type something out or sit in a McDonald's drive-thru? Yes, he fucking can. Hell, he'll drive to fucking four hours to for, for a rock concert. But he's on disability. And I got buddies that they have to go through hell and high water just to get a level of disability, actual disability, that they got for serving in a fucking war. And they have trouble getting that. And it doesn't pay their fucking bills. And they're fucked up for the rest of their fucking lives. And what they did was not crash into a fucking tree what they did was ensure the freedom of every citizen in the United States not just the actual literal freedom but the financial freedom of all these businesses that capitalize on all the things that we do overseas that never get fucking reported on like stabilizing global economies to make sure that those millionaires become billionaires one day If you couldn't tell, that's, you know, this wasn't even what this podcast was supposed to be about. This podcast was not even supposed to be about this particular topic. I was going to say some funny shit about some Vietnam fucking vets that I believe, um, I don't think 100% of them are always telling me the full fucking story. Cause I, I know some of them has to be a pogue. Somebody has to be somebody that just didn't leave the fucking base. That was, you know, that didn't do shit. I mean, I had buddies over in Afghanistan that were just fucking air force chicks. They weren't doing anything else. Maybe gate guard every once in a while. But then I got to think it's somewhere in this, in this rant, some of these festering fucking wounds that come up 
And I live in a very red state. I live in a very uh, military-oriented community right outside of an army base. And I see people not even be supportive of the military there. Businesses don't want to deal with soldiers and what comes with dealing with soldiers. I dare any fucking politician to to make the stand. To say, hey, if we're going to increase the budget, the first thing that needs to increase before we need any new toys, any new aircraft carriers, any new fucking jet, make sure that we have our shit straight with taking care of these fucking soldiers. I don't care if that's a fucking program that transitions me back into the civilian world without having to take a giant fucking step back that guarantees me a fucking job that guarantees me the the benefit of military service on a fucking resume whatever that fucking promise is I'll tell you right now there's a reason why there's so many homeless fucking veterans And it's not just mental health. The infrastructure is not there. No real, no real army vet or military vet that actually accomplished an honorable service will ever want a handout. But if you give them an opportunity at something they will succeed and they will achieve. But the only people that know this are people in the military. So don't fucking sit here and tell me that America supports the troops because it takes more than a ribbon on your fucking car or a bumper sticker. If we had more people serving in the military and more families that saw the value and talked their sons and daughters into serving at least three years in the military before they fucking go to college, we would have a different perspective in this country. And I guarantee our country would be better served because we would have more people that had skin in the game and more people that made sacrifices. And you, and you wouldn't have people allowing politicians to use me and my likeness as a political pawn to get votes for their bullshit for their agendas. Every fucking soldier that died in these fucking wars, it shouldn't be in vain. And every single person that didn't die that is a casualty, they should still have a life to live and achieve because they've gone through the hardest shit. Trust me, they don't need a handout. Give them an opportunity and you'll see what the fuck I'm talking about. Because if you're not a veteran and you don't know, you know, the statistics, I'll tell you right now, I just about spit in somebody's face because they try to tell me, well, there's only 4,000 people that died in the fucking, in the wars. Really? Well, do you understand why it was only 4,000 people that fucking died in Iraq? 
or Afghanistan? You want to know why? Is because it's 2009, 10, 11, whatever year that we're talking about in those wars. Modern technology saves a lot of fucking lives. And we have some great first aid equipment and we have some great training. But we have another 25, 30, 35,000 casualties. Some numbers as high as 100,000 people, if you want to count PTSD and mental health issues, that have been wounded in these fucking wars. We have like 25,000 amputees right now. So if it was World War II or World War I, you can go ahead and put about 60 to 70% of those amputees wouldn't have fucking made it. And so how many casualties do we have now? So don't give me that fucking lowball number and say it wasn't dangerous over there because we have body armor, we have fantastic equipment, we have fucking things that detect IEDs, we have fucking thermals and night vision and fucking drones and all kinds of shit that they didn't have in Vietnam, that they didn't have in Korea, they didn't have in World War II. You know, so it's not an apples to apples comparison, but nobody knows that because that's what happens when you have so little people in this country that serve in the military, less than 1%. In Iraq and Afghanistan, it was like, you know, 2% of our fucking population where in World War II, it was, it was like 13 to 17% of our fucking population was fighting in those wars. I mean, when you have that bigger percentage, then everybody knows somebody that's at war. Everybody is connected and everybody feels like I have to do my part. But when it's only the people that don't have other options or people that decide to say, I want to serve my country. And it's so few far, far between you will run into people that they know nothing about the war of Afghanistan, nothing about the Iraq war. Nothing. I mean nothing except the few little blurbs that they saw or a fucking war movie. And that's it. And those are the two, one and two, the two largest, longest wars that we've ever had in our fucking country's history. I mean, Barack Obama is the first president ever to serve two terms where every fucking day of his presidency we're at war. Those kind of statistics people don't care about. People don't think about. And people actually think we don't have people over there right now in Afghanistan and Iraq. And we do. It's the beginning of March in 2017 and there's people in both. And guess what? There's more deployments coming to both. So, I guess that'll be a a good place to stop because I can go on and on and on and on about this. How I started this was talking about the the right versus the left, the red versus the blue. You can't think about it like that anymore, especially when it comes to this. And most people can be guilted into supporting the troops. If you don't fucking support the troops, don't support them. I don't give a shit. I could give two fucks. If you're anti-war or you're fucking anti-military spending, I get it. I'm in the military. I get it. 
Now, trust me, you're probably not more anti-war than me because I've been to war, so I know what the fuck it is. You don't. But I also believe that there's a time to go to war and you want the right people, right? And those people need to understand that there's a whole bunch of people behind them that are going to support them before, during, and after. And not supporting them because they feel like it's the thing right to say politically. But it's because they want to because they understand the gravity of what they're doing. And they understand what's at stake. And they want to make sure to not just thank them, not just shake their hand. But they also should sacrifice something for them. And you hooking me up with a job at Starbucks isn't what I'm talking about. So... Okay, well, on that note, I will end this podcast. Um, please check out this podcast um, and all all the other episodes on um, afootpodcast.com, www.afootpodcast.com, or Twitter, afootpodcast at Twitter, um, or afootpodcast at gmail.com. You can email me. Uh, please tell your tell your friends support the podcast not by buying anything or donating any money because I don't need your money because I make money I make my own money and I do this for fun believe it or not even after that rant this is fun for me this is something that I enjoy doing um, so support it just by listening and interacting and maybe opening your mind to to some of the things that we talk about on this podcast so until next time thank you and be safe. Bye-bye. Buddha covered in hair.